Welcome back. This is episode number 68 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And we are continuing our discussion about the mitzvot and the commandments that are most relevant to us in our exile. I want to encourage everybody to stick around to the very end because we're going to start incorporating our own original music that has been written by none other than Kevin R. Holman. Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go! You're the harvest, you're my life, you're the creation, you make everything right. Give me more power, give me more love, yeah, give me more passion. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and John Appleton, and this is Hebrews in exile. There is a very interesting dynamic that is going on in these United States. These United States of America. Particularly amongst Hebrew people or African-American people. I'm running into people who are constant, when, we, when, when I talk to them and they find out what it is that I do, they go, oh, you know, somebody told me I was a Hebrew. Ah, okay. The point that I'm making is that there is an awakening amongst the African-American people in this diaspora United States that are coming to the knowledge that they're Hebrew. But there's a problem with that. Okay. What do you think the problem might be? The action, the discipline of acquiescing to the lifestyle of being Hebrew. Yeah, so the point being is that once you come to realize that you're Hebrew, there are some requirements yeah. and some obligations that are germane to being Hebrew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You and I sit at these mics every week and we try to expound to our Hebrews in exile the obligation of being that. Mm. I want to say that it's a glorious awakening, but with it comes the obligation of knowing what it means mm -hmm. to be a Hebrew. Right, 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 right. That's... And, and, and that's what we're trying, that's what we're trying to bring to the fore of your understanding that there's a requirement. There's, there's something that is, rel that is relative to understanding and calling yourself a Hebrew that goes to the fact that the Most High has expectations of the Hebrew family. Now, are these individuals that are being, that, that say, hey, listen, I've been called that before. Are they taking the next step to kind of ask and, and inquire what, where, what that means? Well, or no, is, no, because, okay. and, and here's the problem. They don't know they don't know what to do. Mm. 
it's kind of like waking up and finding out, well, I'm a Hebrew. Now, what am I supposed to do? Mm. Mm. And if they don't have anybody to connect to, to get that understanding, they go, well, I just found that I was a Hebrew. And I mean, and, you know, they're talking to me and I don't know who is, who is allowed, who's telling them this because right. when I talk to them, they don't know anything. Just, right. I just, I just, I just found that I was a Hebrew. Right. You don't know what you don't know. Right. They don't know that to even, to even ask the question right. of what, what that is. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Wow. right. 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 Um, I wonder where that where that, that that's that's coming from. I mean, that's <sighs> you know, and, and here's what and here's what I want. Here's what I want want. Here's what I want our listeners to do. I really want you to ask us questions. I, I, when you, I, I want you. I would like for you to respond. Uh, to our weekly podcast and I would like for you to write us. You can write us in your comments, you know, yeah, on, comment section, yeah. on, on, on the pod and ask us questions mm -hmm. so that we can, we can answer them. Right. We have been doing this. We've been doing this since 2007. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 2007. It's a long time. That's a long time. Very long time. Um, I'm getting questions from people who want to have an interaction with us. They want to interact. And I want you to interact, but for right now, the best way that you can interact and tell uh, we mechanically figure out how to bring interaction into our life, a live, a live uh, pod, which is difficult uh, because we're we're being heard in different time zones. That's right, 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 right. And like right now, it's it's seven thirty, which means it's ten thirty on the East Coast. That's right, the three hours ahead of us. And mm -hmm. uh, time begins to change around the world from where we're being listened to. And I don't know where all of our listeners are listening to us from. Uh, it would be a good idea if, if we knew. But I really would like for our listeners that listen to our podcast each week, I would really like for you to ask us questions. Yeah, I think it's quintessential. And there's that word again I love to use because you may be in a congregation of people where there's some apprehension or there's some trepidation about asking a question that that may seem hypocritical upon where you're at right now and it needs clarification and there's there's that idea if, if i challenge or book the system then i'll be looked as a rebel or a kind of a, a of a heretic and people you know are yeah yeah but not, not, not not just that not just that but also to give you the ability to be able to explain Mm -hmm. to other people what it means to be a Hebrew. It's not just, well, oh, I found out I'm a Hebrew. But okay, what does that mean? Right. Because it means something. Right, right. It's not like, oh, I just found out that I was Irish. Well, <laughs> damn, what is doesn't, doesn't, mean, doesn't mean anything. It does not mean anything um, in, in the same context as being Hebrew because Hebrew is connected to 
the Most High, who is the one who found us mm. when our navel cord hadn't been cut and we were wallowing in the dirt. Mm -hmm. Read Ezekiel, I think it's chapter uh, 12 or 16, uh, where he talks about the the birthing of the nation of Israel mm -hmm. and the Hebrew people. So I, I just <clears throat> want to mention, please, 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 if you're listening to this podcast, um, then please formulate, and, it, and your questions don't have to be in relationship to the pod. Your questions can be any can be anything that's germane to Hebrews in exile. Here, here. Now, I want to start tonight with the problem. Hmm. And the problem for our people, and you heard we say it last week, but I'm going to go to scripture text this time so you'll know where it's written. Hebrews chapter number seven and verse number 18. Mm. Verse 18 follows after a dissertation about for it is stated that you are a co-name forever to be compared with Melchizedek. I want to start there. And that particular statement is written in your Greek text. Probably it's italicized with a number or a letter that takes you back to where this statement is written in Psalms. Uh, 110. Okay. All right. In our Hebrew Bibles, it's in bold, mm. bold print. Stands out. Right. We're making a reference to something that's in the Tanakh or yeah. what you may call the Old Testament. Right, right. <clears throat> and, and what you have to know is that what the Greeks have done is everywhere that they need to support an idea that they're trying to make for their... Um, new religion. Mm, yeah. They go in and grab something out of the prophets, stick it in the narrative, and say that this is being done, for example, to fulfill this prophecy. But when you read what they're doing and you go back and read the prophecy or what's being said, it's all out of context. Yeah. Every, listen, listen, every, 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 italicized text that refers back to the prophets that's pasted into the New Testament mm -hmm. is out of context. Out of context. Now, I, I got to get something else off of my chest tonight. Mm. The difference between the New Testament, I'm not even going to call it, I'm, I'm no longer going to refer to it as a renewed covenant because it has nothing at all to do with the initial covenant. That's right. Right. That's right. And, a good point. And my, and my, my messianic, my messianic, uh, uh, <laughs> people, Hebrew roots people, my messianic Hebrew roots people want 
to continue to 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 teach this document as being a renewed covenant, but it has nothing at all to do with the covenant that the Most High made with Hebrew Israel. That's correct. Nothing. And everything that the Most High has said that makes the Hebrew covenant valid is that in every word that he's mentioned it, he signs it with his own name. I am Yahweh. Yeah. Yahweh your, said. Yahweh said, or then he signs right. it, I am Yahweh, your Elohim. Elohim. Right. Every single time. So you're, there's no, there's no confusion on what the direction is, on who said it, and, and what its intention is for. And every prophet, every prophet that's mentioned in our history book has been called by the Most High. It's correct. He calls them. It's correct. It's correct. There is no calling in that Greek document no calling of anybody in the Greek document by the Most High where he has signed off on it. That's correct. He's not even speaking over there. No, that's right. He never says, and you made that made mention of that in the last podcast, is that never, and I use that in my teaching, when you eloquently said, hey, you know, the mo you never see that. The Most High said no, he he, he he he's not he's not he's not speaking. So that document is invalid. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show you as we begin to talk about the misfos tonight. Looking here in the book of Hebrews, mm -hmm. verse 18. Thus, on the one hand, the earlier rule is set aside because of its weakness and inefficiency for the Torah did not bring anything to the goal I, period it's got a semi-comma but that's the period end of thought right I, I, I don't know any text over in there in that new religion that is more emphatic to explain to the reader that we have established something totally different. You know, I, I, I keep belaboring this. Uh, I keep belaboring this. And it, it really, it really stings my spirit to hear anybody say that that which the Most High put in place, yeah. the Torah, and when you read when you read our covenant and our historical document, the Most High is reminding us: remember the Torah of Mashe. Obey these mitzvot and these commandments that I'm giving to you, so that you can live long in the land. He says that there are so many times in our text 
that the Most High says that over and over and over again. And then this Greek document comes up and says, for the Torah did not bring anything to the goal. It's weak. <laughs> and ineffective. Ineffective. And I don't know how you even established that because it did bring it to the goal. It was the people that decided that they wanted to turn away from the Most High. There's nothing that the Most High held up his end of, end of the bargain and continues to hold up his end of the bargain for now, his people. I don't, well, well, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. And here's, how, here's what, I want you to, what, what, what I want you to understand. The Torah is not a instrument that is designed for just a certain generation or for a certain period. Mm. It's throughout all your generations. The goal, the goal cannot, the final goal cannot be realized until the messianic era. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, in the meantime, since the beginning of the time when the Most High spoke to Hebrew Israel and gave them this, these mitzvot and these commandments as a way of life, mm -hmm. we walk in them mm -hmm. every day. They become a way of life to us so that we walk in harmony with the Most High, they give us wisdom, just as he said, mm -hmm. knowledge, understanding. And in chapter four of, of Devarim, he says, what nation is it that has an Elohim that's so close to you when you, when you call? Mm. When you pray, he's so close to you. Mm -hmm. And he tells us that it makes us wise and gives us understanding. I would say, that's a goal. That's right. I would say that's effective. Mm -hmm. Because in the meantime of our life, living in this exile, it is very important, particularly with the current climate in mm -hmm. this Babylon and in this, in this Egypt nation-like nation that we live in, mm -hmm. it's very important for Hebrew people to be connected to the mighty one. It's correct. It's very important. It's correct. I, I might say it to you, I might say it to you in this context. Your life, you may not realize it and you may not understand it because we're talking about something that's tangible again. That's but right. the, the tangibility of the misfotes and the understanding and being drawn back to the most high is life-saving. Mm -hmm. in the midst of the turmoil that we are surrounded with on a daily basis. Mm. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question real quick. In this same vein, I want to give, and I'm playing the proverbial devil's advocate. Okay? So I know this is area of contention. Would you agree with the statement that yes, because what we're trying to understand here with that text is that the goal is the same. 
it could actually be correct. The Torah did not bring it to the goal because your goal in Christianity is not the same goal that has been set up that, that the Most High has set up for his there people. There you go, there you go, there you go, yeah. So you yeah. can, in yeah. fact, say yes, it didn't bring us to the goal because our goal under the auspices of this man who puts on his pants just like you do is totally different yes. than what the Most High has for yes. his people to get them yes. back into right standing yes. and yes. get them back into the land. Yes. So yes, you're right. Yes, It didn't bring it to the goal. Yes. Okay. However, on the flip side of what you're saying, mm -hmm. the thing that in, that grabs my spirit in the wrong way mm -hmm. is the verbiage is written to sound like the Most High created something right. that wasn't that was weak and ineffective. And that's what was egregious to me. That's what, oh, yeah. that's what, that's what bothers me. Yeah. And that's emphatic in the text because it the calls most, it out by name. You're, yep. you're telling me that God, for those of you who still call him God, mm -hmm. you're telling me that the one that you love and the one that you cry out to and the spirit that has produced all things did something that was weak and ineffective. Yeah. When he said mm -hmm. at the creation of all things that what he created was good, tov miod, mm -hmm. very good. That's right. That's right. And in him, there is no error. There is no nothing. There is nothing. He is, there's no turning mm. and there's no falsehood. A and you're telling me that all of a sudden, this nation of people that are Greek Eurocentric, written in uh, in, in Bereshit chapter ten, who come out of the loins of Japhat, mm -hmm. are going to tell us that what the Most High created is ineffective. That's right. That's that's you're correct. I agree with you 110 percent. Now let me let me let me change let me change gears. I can't get away from the most current prophet that speaks to the day that we live in. I, I can't I can't get away from it. So I need to I need to read something uh, out of the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 and I'm going to begin mm. at verse number four. Now when you read this particular this particular chapter in this particular book, don't become one of the things that one of the things that uh, Christian theologians and Christians don't understand, they don't understand uh, Hebraic uh, prophetic verbiage, and so they read it and they read it in in in, in light of a time past. Mm. So it's past; it's irrelevant. It doesn't apply right, to us. Right. But the words in the prophet's writing are, they, they're prophetic into a time and we are part of that time. Mm -hmm. This is a letter uh, that was sent, let me go, let me go up a little bit here. Uh, verse, well, let's go, let me, let me just read. Let me read, or start, I'm, I'm gonna read a little bit tonight. Okay. It's good to read. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1. Following is the text of the letter 
Jeremiah, who that's Jeremiah the prophet, sent from Jerusalem to the leaders remaining in exile, as well as to the Kohenim, the prophets, and all the people Nebuchadnezzar had carried off captive from Jerusalem to Babel. Okay, so there's this letter that Jeremiah has has written. The children of Israel have been taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar and carried off to Babel. So this is the this is the first exile of the children of Israel out of the land. We are the third exile. There's the Assyrian exile, and then there's this final exile where Israel is, is just dispersed to the four corners of the earth, wherever she is. But the language is not just germane to the Babylonian captivity. It's also germane to the exile that Hebrew Israel is in right now. Mm -hmm. Listen to the words. Here is what Yahweh, Zavaot, the Elohim of Israel says to those in exile, whom I have caused to be carried off captive from Jerusalem to Babel. Babel is Babylon, okay? We are in a Babylon type environment. We are also in a Egypt type environment where there are a multiplicity of gods. Mm -hmm. Build, and here's what his little letter says, build yourselves houses and live in them. This is what you do in exile. Build yourself houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Choose women to marry and have sons and daughters. Choose wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage to men so that they can have sons and daughters. Increase your numbers there, don't decrease. Seek, listen to this, seek the welfare of the city to which I have caused you to go in exile and pray to Yahweh on its behalf. Those are instructions for being in exile. Mm. For your welfare is bound up in its welfare, the nation or the city to which I have, I have exiled you. For this is what Yahweh Sabaoth, the Elohim of Israel says, don't let your prophets who are living among you and your diviners deceive you. Don't pay attention to the dreams you urge them to dream, for they are prophesying falsely in my name. I have not sent them, says Yahweh. Now, I bring this up because these are the instructions as to how we are supposed to live in this, in this exile. Now, he goes on down into verse 20, and he says, pay attention now to the word of Yahweh, all of you in exile, whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babel. I want you to pay attention to my words. 
this this is the current this this is a this is Jer this is Jeremiah. Now I want to go I want to go some I want to go somewhere else in here. I want to go down to chapter thirty, and I'm I'm going to get to the mitzvahs, but I need I need I need I need to I need you to I need you to hear what the Most High is saying. And now listen to the words, okay? This is the word to Jeremiah from Yahweh. See, always when he's I'm I'm going to speak to you, and I want you to speak to Israel. Right. This is what Yahweh, the Elohim of Israel says, write all the words I have spoken to you in a scroll. For the day is coming, says Yahweh, when I will reverse the exile of my people, Israel and Yehuda, says Yahweh, I will cause them to return to the land I gave their ancestors and they will take possession of it. Every prophet, and every word in the Torah where the Most High talks about expelling Israel out of the land, he always talks about bringing them back, redeeming them back to the land. Mm -hmm. I bring this up because once again, if we go across the street to that uninspired text that's written by the Greeks, they have you going to heaven. Right. And the mindset of everybody that you talk to that dies, grandma went to heaven, grandma's up in heaven, mama's up in heaven, the dog is up in heaven, everybody's up in heaven looking down on me. No, they not. are not. There no, is no, no, no language. There is no language. The redemption of Hebrew Israel is back to the land. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Psalms 112, he writes and he says that heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. There is no language anywhere that talks about anybody dying and going to heaven. Right. Right. Zero. The Most High says here, I am going to redeem you back to the land. These are the words Yahweh spoke concerning Israel and Yehuda. Okay, now the reason why there's Israel and Yehuda is because at the time of Jeremiah's prophecy, there the, the, the Israel is divided into two parts. Israel is the northern kingdom, Yehuda is the southern, southern kingdom. kingdom. Right. Israel, the northern kingdom, has been divorced and separated from the Most High. The the Yehuda, which is the southern ki kingdom, has just been she's just she's just in a in a state of separation. She's not divorced, but separate separated. So he talks about them in the context, but he's in his mind. There's only one Israel. Right. Here is what Yahweh says. We have heard a cry of terror, of fear, and not peace. Now, to my people that I'm talking to in this exile, the cry of terror, fear, and peace is going out, but there is no cry out to the one who can deliver you from the terror. Mm. You're crying out to 
an individual who is part of Eurocentric theology, not the creator who created all things and has the power to control life and death. Ask and see, can men have birth to children? Why then do that? I see all the men with their hands on their stomachs like women in labor, with every face turned pale. As we speak tonight in this podcast, two weeks ago in Buffalo, New York, there was an indication, an altercation, where a young man went into a predominantly black grocery store and massacred a lot of black people. Terror and fear gripped them, and I'm sure that there were people that fit the narrative of this text. Can a man give birth? Why then do I see all the men with their hands on their stomachs like a woman in labor with their face turned pale? This past Sunday that we've just passed, uh, which was... Um, what, the 20, 22nd, I think, or 20, 22nd. Yes, no, no, you're correct, the 22nd. was the 22nd. And there was a young man who went into a grammar school and killed 19 children under the age of 11. Mm. 19 children. I saw pictures in the news of women and men sitting on the curb with their hands in their head. And in I, I, I understand the pain, I understand the agony, I understand all of that, and I'm not speaking to belittle it, I'm only reading text here mm -hmm. that is germane to our people, and the majority of those children that were killed were Hispanic. Mm. Now, so the prophet is writing, he's writing to the time that you and I are living in. Right now, right now. Ask and see, can men give birth to, a ch to children? Why then do I see all the men with their hands on their stomachs like a woman in labor with every face turned pale? That's only a statement that's expressing the anguish and the pain and the and the the whatever goes with something that you can't control. Yeah. Unmitigated shock. How dreadful that day will be. There has never been one like it. A time of trouble for Yaakov. But out of it, he will be saved. Israel mm. will be saved. On that day, now, anytime you hear the terminology on that day, on that day is always going to refer to the day of redemption when Israel is redeemed out of, out of, um, out of exile and redeemed back to the land. Okay. So now he's saying, on that day, says Yahweh Sabaoth, I will break his yoke from off your neck and I will snap your chains. 
Now, you have to see a picture of people in yokes and people in chains. And I'm sure if you do a, a, a black history study, picture graph study, you'll find our people in yokes and chains. But it's not just a, a literal narrative. It's also a spiritual narrative. Because while we are still in this exile, we are still in, we're still in, we're in verbal chains. We're in systematic chains. Uh, we are yoked in, this, in a systematic system where uh, we are being, uh, we're being, we're being uh, uh, harassed on every, on every front, on every point. But now he says to us, so don't be afraid, Yaakov, my servant, says Yahweh, or be alarmed, Israel. Listen to what he said to say. For I will return you from far away and your offspring from their country of exile. Yaakov will again be quiet at rest and no one will make him afraid. So now we're talking to Hebrews. Yaakov is Israel, we're talking to Hebrews. For I am with you, this is the most high, to save you, says Yahweh. I will finish off all the nations where I have scattered you. However, I will not finish, however, you I will not finish off, but will discipline you only as you deserve, and I will not completely destroy you. Here is what Yahweh says. Your wound is past healing. Your injury most severe. No one thinks your wound can be bandaged. You have no medicines that can heal you. In other words, that in this exile where we are going through what we're going through, there is, there's nothing that's going to save us. The wounds, the things that are that are happened to us, there's nothing that, there's no medicine. There's no way that that's going to change. All your friends have forgotten you. They no longer seek you out. I have struck you down as an enemy would, punished you, punished as a cruel man would because of your great wickedness, because of your many sins. Now, when the Most High speaks about wickedness and sins, he's talking about the absence of following his, his, his mitzvot and his commandments. That's wickedness and that's sin to him. What is a sin? Missing the mark. What's the mark? Torah. Why cry that your wound and pain are past healing? I have done these things to you because of your great wickedness, because of your many sins. But all who devour you will be devoured. All your enemies will go into exile. Those who plunder you will be plundered. Those who pillage you will be pillaged. For I will restore your health. I will heal you of your wounds, says Yahweh, because they called you an outcast. Zion with no one who cares about her. Thus says Yahweh, I will return Yaakov's captives to their tents, I will take pity on his dwellings. Cities will be rebuilt on their own tills and palaces where, they, where they're supposed to be. This is talking about when that day comes. 
From them will come thanksgiving, the sound of people celebrating. I will increase them. They will not be decreased. I will honor them. They will not be despised. Their children will be as they used to be, their community confirmed in my presence, and I will punish everyone who oppresses them. Who's he talking about? Mm. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Hebrew Israel. That's right. I will cause him to come close and let him approach me. For otherwise, who would guarantee his heart enough to approach me, says Yahweh? You will be my people and I will be your El, your mighty one. Jeremiah. Speaking as if he's sitting here right now. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Mm. Jeremiah, people. And you think that these misfolks that we're teaching you are ineffective and are not bringing us to the goal? Every day that we understand the application of these misfolks, we're drawn closer to the Most High and His protection. Right. 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 So let's go. I want to kind of add something in here real quick if I can. Because it's become very apparent to me. You know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. It, 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 it's, it really bothers me that Hebrew Israel does not realize, even in reading what you said, we have. Huh, that text across the street is not for you, it's not ours. It's not yours. It's not ours. It doesn't belong to us. The, the problem, if we go back to the antithesis of what's been happening to Hebrew Israel from day one, is you've been chasing after. You, you're influenced by every whim that comes in front of you to the point upon which you've aban we've abandoned the Most High and gone after things that have led us into confusion, dissension with the Most High. The prophet is speaking to us saying, Continue. It's what's the theme? What we getting ready to get into? Torah. It's it's why are we constantly as a nation of people mimicking other people? Well, that's because that's because we don't know that we're a nation. Remember, I opened I opened the conversation by saying to you, I'm I'm talking to people who are coming to the realization that they're Hebrew. Right. They don't know that they're a nation in exile. Now that is key. So if you don't know that you're, you're you're coming to the realization that you're Hebrew, but you don't realize that you are still a nation mm -hmm. of people in exile who belong to the Most High, to whom the Most High has expectations of you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he has written a document that describes exactly how he's going to deal with us in this exile in an effort to get us to turn back to him. Right. That's the reason why I opened with the conversation. Many people are recognizing that they're Hebrew, but they don't know what the responsibility of that means and what comes with claiming to be that. Right. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So, so, so yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, we, you and I sit at this mic every week, Sean, and we try our best to be 
Pers yes, yes, I'm trying to persuade you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm trying to be the best salesman for the most high that I can be. Mm -hmm. I am trying to convince you that the only way that life in this exile is ever going to get better for us Hebrews in exile is by walking in the ways of the Most High. And if you don't have anybody to teach you, listen to us because we're not just flapping our jobs. We're teaching mm -hmm. as we as we go. Yeah, we're expounding on things, but we're teaching scriptorial text. We're not spiritualizing it. We're telling you this is what the Most High said. And it's not old. It's not antiquated. It hasn't been done away with. It's a covenant that the Most High has made with us. And I'm going to ask, like I asked a gentleman the other day who said that he was a Hebrew. And I asked him, I says, well, if you're a Hebrew, I says, has the Most High ever broken his covenant? Mm. And the person doesn't even, he's, he doesn't, he's not even really goes to church. He says, well, no, the Most High makes a covenant. He, he doesn't break his I said, okay, if the Most High didn't break his covenant, then why do we continue to listen to a false narrative in which he is not included? That's correct. That is correct. That is our Achilles heel as a nation of people. Our inability, inability. To, stay to stay disciplined to the most high. This misvote here, Shemot chapter 22, verse 25 Going to get into those now. The obligation not to collaborate in effecting an interest-based loan. Now, I want you to remember something, okay? Here's the rule. Here's the rule. Don't forget, please don't forget this rule. The nations can do anything mm -hmm. they want to do. Mm -hmm. Hebrew Israel cannot. Right. We have a standard. The nations can charge you interest. The nations can take your coat, your collateral, whatever it is that they have. When you don't pay a loan, they can take you to court and do anything they want. Hebrew Israel cannot do that. Mm. Listen to the misvote. If you take your neighbor's coat as collateral, you are to restore it to him by sundown because it is his only garment. He needs it to wrap his body. What else does he have in which to sleep? Moreover, if he cries out to me, I will listen because I am compassionate. Now, yeah, you, well, I, I don't have his coat. Well, but do you have something of his that is of a necessity for him to be able to maintain himself? Mm. Yes, he asked for a loan. And it was probably it was probably very hard for him to do that. So we don't need to make the problem any greater than what it was by by taking away from him that which he needs for his own survival and mm. place his family in jeopardy because perhaps he's not able to pay the loan back as maybe he promised. But the misquote says we're not supposed to collaborate in affecting an interest-based loan. If I'm going to loan you something, I'm going to loan it to you. That's it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tack interest on top of it. And as I've said before, 
one of the things I don't, I just, I don't loan people money. I, if, if I have it and they need it, I, I, I give it, I give it to them because if they want to pay me back, then that's good. Now the action, we are to remove the pitfall of the interest from the borrower's past, therefore ensuring that one member of the nation of Israel does not swallow up his fellow's resources without realizing his situation until he finds the borrower's home bereft of all goodness. Mm. This is the effect of interest. So we're supposed to treat each other as a nation as in, in light of, 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 of understanding the, the needs that Hebrew Israel has. Mm-hmm. Now, Shemot chapter 22 and verse 27 prohibits from cursing the Most High or a leader. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something to you. I'm going to say something to you, so don't, don't shudder in your chairs. Okay? <laughs> okay. I'm going to say something to you. And I'm not cursing. I'm using a phrase that's used in the norm when things happen to people. And people get all bereft. Oh, oh my God. God damn it. Right. That has no effect on the Most High because God is not his name. It's correct. It's just a title. It's a title. And the title, the title, the title even doesn't belong to him. Right. Because right. because in the in, in the in the spectrum of Christianity, they have taken our Hebrew word El and said that El means God. El does not mean God. Mm. In Hebrew, El means mighty one, the mighty one, the absolute all-existent one, the omniscient one. Right. I mean, it, the El Elyon of all. El. It right. doesn't mean. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean this title. Right. So now, he says, "You are not to revile." the El El or the Elohim, and you are not to curse a leader of your people. So now if we have leaders within our congregation that are walking in the footprint of the Most High and walking honorably before him as your leaders and your teachers, you are not to curse them or you're not to revile them. Means to be slight, swift, or trifling towards blasphemy by acting indifferent towards Yahweh's misfotes, Yahweh, nor are we to bring a curse upon a leader of the people as a means of intimidation in fair judgment. Now, uh, I, I, I got to say, All right. you, you know I got to say. Oh, no, I you know, know you do. You know I got to say. All right. There are people... <laughs> who are trying to teach Torah that don't know Torah. Mm. If there were certain people in our life and in the lifetime of the ministry of FTF that I have allowed to sit in the seat of Mashe, so to speak, that have turned red coat and, and reviled me amongst other people, if they knew Torah, they would not have done that because Torah says here, you're not supposed to do it. My point in making that I'm making is there are a lot of people that are trying to teach 
Torah or claim that they're Torah teachers that don't know the mitzvot of the Most High so that they can walk in them because they're not teaching them and they're not a part of their life. Mashe said to Israel in Devarim, when he finished going over all the mitzvot, he says, now I'm leaving a copy of this Torah for you, and you, Israel, are to write your own copy of the Torah. He didn't say write the history of Israel. He said write your, Torah. he said write the Torah. This is the Torah. The mm -hmm. mitzvot and the commandments make up the body that is called the Torah. So you're not supposed to revile Elohim or not to curse or revile a leader of your people who is walking in right. Now, well, listen, there's a difference. I said, walking in right standing before the Most High. Mm. Because he's the one. That's right. Nobody else. I, listen, I don't have to walk in right standing before anybody but the Most High. And if I'm walking in right standing before the Most High, I'm walking in right standing before his people. Right. It's good. Shemot chapter 20 and verse 30, the prohibition from eating uh, terefah, which is torn flesh of an animal in the field. And I know that most Hebrews in exile don't go hunting. Well, I can't say that because in the South, you all do go hunting. Yeah, they you do, know, don't they? Yeah, you go hunting for... Uh, wild stuff, possums and squirrels and all kind of mess. And stuff that the Most High prohibits us from eating in the first place. But he says... Chippendale. <laughs> but he says, he says here, you are to be my specially separated people. Now, I've talked about how special we are. Therefore, you are not to eat any flesh torn by wild animals in the countryside, rather throw it out from out for the dogs. The Torah distanced us from anything that might cause impairment of our bodies, such as flesh of an animal or bird that has a fatal defect. It is to protect us from harmful effects of those foods. Mm. So the Most High has put in place for us certain things to help protect us. Now, I, now I'm going to ask a question. I got to go back to something, okay? Mm -hmm. In all the mitzvot that I have just forestated, what is it about those that were ineffective? Nothing was ineffective about any of them. They can be applied this very day. And you walk in them right now and you don't know it. Well, let's go to another one. Let's, huh. let's go to another one. Let's see, that one was like another DNA one that I like to talk about, about that, how that, that mitzvot, no one has to sit you down and no, tell you that. No, no, no. No, you're not going to go, no. some animals ripped some other animal apart and it's decomposing somewhere in the field and, and, you, and, and, and you're going to go grab, grab it and it, eat, eat it. it? No, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you're not going to do that. Here's one. Here's one. I want to get back to ineffective and right. didn't bring to the goal. The prohibition to listen to a false witness. You are not to repeat false rumors. We are not to judge or hear a claim of a person without the other being present. 
This also applies to a judge hearing one litigant without the presence of another. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, can, can you go into court of law and have a false witness while well, it happens? Right. But when it's, when it's exposed, it's dealt with. Right. That's a misvote for us. That's right. Listening to false witnesses, rumors that don't have any merit. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. 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 This one here is ineffective and does not bring <laughs> us to, to the, the goal. goal. Okay. But this is one that you and I have been raised with by the words of our very own parents. And your parent didn't even have to go to church to tell you this. To tell you that. Nope. Following the crowd in any wrongdoing. You've told your son, you've told your daughter, do not follow the crowd when it does what is wrong and don't allow the popular view to sway you into offering testimony for any cause if the effect will be a perverted justice. Mm. Your mom and daddy told you that. Son, don't hang out with the wrong crowd. Almost the latter half of that speaks to integrity. Yes. To, in, to instill again. Yes. <laughs> this value system, this undertone of value yeah, and, 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 into the yeah. Hebrew people. And, and I, have to, I have to repeat myself. The Greek text says the Torah was ineffective and did not bring us to the goal. I'm reading this. I'm reading Torah. Right. Exactly. I'm reading Torah. Man, 23 man, and man. 3, Shema, Exodus. Mm. The requirement not to have mercy upon a poor person in litigation just because he is poor. And on the other hand, don't have favor, don't favor a person's lawsuit simply because he is poor. One is to judge fairly. So whether a person is poor or whether a person's rich, the judgment should be based on the case and should be judged fairly. We don't have that kind of integrity in the United States. The rich, the rich, if you can afford a good attorney, hey, you you you're gonna get home free. That's right. That's right. Mm. And that speaks, yeah, that capitalism in the United States. Shemot chapter 23, verse 7. The prohibition to not defraud the innocent and the righteous. Keep away from fraud. Do not cause the death of the innocent and the righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. Mm. The action, we are not to testify in a manner that would bring harm to the innocent or righteousness that would cause them great harm unless you were a witness to what you are saying. Uh, once again, this is this is all part this is all part of our of our civil of our civil laws that we're confronted with daily in in the court in the court of law. Most High is continuing to establish which for is us, which yeah. is a Torah principle, but it's ineffective. 
and doesn't bring us to the goal. See, I don't know how in integrity is ineffective. That's in, like these last couple of ones continue to compound on that issue of integrity. We are an upstanding, upright people that represent the Most High, and therefore we conduct ourselves in a manner that's ostentatious and exudes this opulence for other nations to follow behind. This is why the United States uses our text to establish your constitution. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Because of the righteousness upon which was issued to the children of Israel. Yeah. Right here. Right here. Integrity. Integrity. I want to skip down to this one right here. Oh, back up. Yeah, I'm on that one right there. Now, this is one that everybody who comes to become Hebrew knows or learns. This is this 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 is the first commandment that you learn. Okay. Keeping the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath. Shemot chapter 23, verse 12. For six days you are to work, but on the seventh day you are to rest so that your ox and your donkey can rest and so that your slave girl's sons and the foreigner may be renewed. Mm -hmm. But this is also written in, in Bereshit uh, chapter number two. When the Most High finishes, he makes this kind of same statement so that you can rest, so that you can be renewed. Now, while it talks about your ox and your donkey, he's only talking about those things that are germane uh, to work that need to rest. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not calling your I'm not calling your 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 maid an ox or a donkey, and I'm not calling you know various people who work that. But the issue is is that the Most High has created the Sabbath so that we can rest as a, as a human people mm -hmm. and replenish ourselves. And the things that we have to work with can also rest so that they can replenish themselves. Right, right. You know what stuck out with that, the poignancy of this one is the fact that I realized that the first, even the divinic power of the Most High was the first to do this. Yes. Because the Most High rested yes. on the seventh day. He created so, all things, and it says on the seventh day, he rested. He rested. So this is a cornerstone. This is a foundational this is piece the, this, yeah, for us. I this, mean, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. honoring the Sabbath is a pivotal, is a pivotal point in making the transition right. to becoming Hebrew. Once you, once you affirm your relationship to keep the Sabbath, all the other avenues of the Most High's Torah begin to come into play and begin to open up in your mind and you start searching and you start looking for the other aspects that are germane to the life of a Hebrew in exile. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That is, that's beautiful because we can point to the gateway mitzvot yeah. to say, once you get that concept yes. right there, yes. if there is any other concept to say, okay, well, what's the greatest misfold? You know, when they go across the street and they name all those other ones, us over there, I would probably put this one, if I was to make a top five list, this is making the top three well, right here because this is obey the misfolds, obey, love the most high. Well, let, let me put this one. We're going to back up. We're going we're gonna to go okay. somewhere. We're going to back up. All right. This one here is number two. Number two. Okay. This is number two. 
He said, why is it number two? Mm -hmm. Because that one right there is number one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That one right there is number one. Right. Shemot 23 and 13, the obligation to pay attention to what Yahweh says. Pay attention to everything I have said to you. Do not invoke the names of other gods or even let them be heard crossing your lips. This is about subverting Yahweh's people to idolatry. Mm -hmm. But their obligation is to pay attention to what he says. Now, if we pay attention to what he says, he's told us that we have an obligation to rest on the Shabbat. The Shabbat, yeah. yeah. If there is a golden rule in Torah that sticks out more than any, it is it is these two. Right. Honoring the Sabbath and paying attention to what the Most High has to say. So, you know, once again, when you look and you listen to the to the sensibility of what the instructions are that the Most High is giving to us, even in this exile, to live by. Once again, it's a moral code. Mm -hmm. It's a code of integrity. It's logical. It's neither in thy mouth to do it. Right. And while it is that when you talk about, when you want to talk about becoming Hebrew and you want to talk about honoring the Sabbath, honoring the mitzvot, and your pastor tells you that that's under the law and been done away with, make a list of these things that I've said to you and ask him, have these been done away with? Right, right. Because if these haven't been done away with, then they're still in play. Mm -hmm. If they've been done away with, then all these moral, ethical, ethic, ethic, ethical, Thank you. <laughs> Ethical things and moral things that the Most High has spoken here, I don't have to any longer do. Right, I'm because not a you boy. said mm -hmm. they've been done away done with. Done away with. I'd almost add to that as well in asking that if your pastor or your leader decides or whoever it might be says that to challenge them to say, well, if they've been done away with, then what moral code are, are we to adhere to? Where is it enumerated over here across the street that says that what we're supposed to do? Yes. Because as a, maybe even as a new convert coming into understanding a new lifestyle, if you're even trying to acquiesce to being Christian, and I don't want to pick on Christians because it could be, you know, Muslim or whatever, whatever it may be something other outside of what the Most High has ordained for his people, explain it. And I'm using Christianity because they're the paragon of resplendence when it comes to it. Explain to me over here where it is enumerated that they, that we're supposed to follow these particular rules. And don't you dare go over there and grab the Ten Commandments because you don't get past the first four before you're out of compliance with them. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, yeah. how in the world can you say that, because the Ten Commandments, which if you do your research on it, are what you're going to point to are the Ten Utterances, not the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are somewhere else. You go to the real Ten Commandments, 
can talk about the mitzvot and all the other things. I'm just wanting people to understand that if you're going to make an egregious statement and invalidate what the Most High has put in place, then what are you replacing it with? What, what is so definitive that says, because I can tell you right now, there's a couple of different churches within this city of Sacramento that disagree heavily on what commands you should be following and what you shouldn't be following. And you want to, again, I used this word earlier in the week. I said analogous. You use this analogy in order to justify yourself and what you're doing, which is you have to keep coming back to Hebrew text in order to do that. <laughs> Let me, I want you, if you don't have a Hebrew Bible, but you have a Bible, I want you to turn to 1 John. 1 John, all right. Chapter 3. Ah, I know where you're going. And verse 4. Now, I don't have... I don't have my comparative Bible up here so I can compare the language, but I'm sure <laughs> the language is somewhat the same. Listen to what it says. Everyone... <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you didn't get past the first two words. <laughs> hey, I want, you to, I want you to hear this. I want you to... While, while your pastors and your leaders are telling you that the law has been done away with and you're not supposed to do it. In that same Greek text, mm -hmm. it says, everyone who keeps sinning is violating Torah. Indeed, sin is a violation of Torah. Uh, I, 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 I need, <laughs> I, 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 I need, I need, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold uh, on, First uh, John, Three and four. I need. I need that. In. I need that in. In. In the. In the King James. Oh, to, yeah, I need I mean, that. You, I need that in the King James. Where are you, King James? You're where bringing are out you? the hypocrisy. Where are you, King James? Where are you? Hold on. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna oh, get it. Oh, King James. Oh, come on. Where's my? Where's my Bible? Not talking about LeBron. Where's my Bible? Talking about. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'll, 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 go, I'll go to the American Standard Version. All right. Verse 4. Everyone that does sin doeth also lawlessness. Mm-hmm. That's the Torah. And sin is lawlessness. There you go. That's the Torah. That's what, that's what your text says. Mm. Our text refers to it as Torah because that's what it is. So now you know what sin is. Sin is a violation of, of the Torah, Torah. Mm -hmm. and sin is being lawless. Lawless means that you're being, you said, well, we're not under the law. Okay, then go ahead and, and kill you, Chip and Dale, over there, and you can go eat them. You can do all that kind of stuff. You can do the things that we talked about collateral and doing all these other types of things, the, 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 the things about witnesses and, and bearing and, and perjury and all this kinds of stuff that establish integrity, you can just throw that out in the car and just do whatever you feel like doing. There's no standard upon which 
you are being held because it's been done away with. It's, that's why I continue to keep coming back to this issue. Christianity is the absolute perfect religion for westernized culture. We have this idea of freedoms to be able to do whatever we want when we feel like doing it. And we shouldn't be held accountable for our actions. So, but that's not really the case because in westernized culture, if you do commit an act against the state or against a municipality or a local, local where you are, you will atone for it. But you go to this Disneyland type attitude on Sunday morning that says, I can violate the most, the divinic power of the world to who you acknowledge that created everything, put his ways in place and gave it to a people to abide by and say that it's weak and ineffective and then bring it to his goal and it can be done away with. And as long as I believe in some dude, I can do whatever I want. And as long as I admit and pray to him because he did it and took it all away, I'm good to go. Okay, <clears throat> let's close, let's close with, this, with this discussion. Let's continue our reading in 1 John. 1 John. Chapter 2. My children, I'm writing to you these things so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, now this is the error within the text. Mm -hmm. We have Yeshua, the Messiah, the Sadiq, the righteous, who pleads our cause with the Father. Also, he is the Kapara for our sins, capitulation. Mm -hmm. And not only for ours, but also for those of the whole world. That is a erroneous statement. That's correct. That statement is completely erroneous with Torah because Torah says that if anybody sins there and is. commits whatever against the Most High, that individual is responsible for his own sins. I don't have the text, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And because I, I wasn't, I don't, I don't, I, I know it's there. Oh yeah. I just don't, I can't remember chapter and verse where it is. Mm -hmm. But it goes on to say, the way we can be sure we know him is if we are obeying his commands. Whose commands? His commands, whose commands? Where in the Greek text did Yeshua ever make any commands? Right. So whose commands are we talking about? That's right. That is right. You're talking about, you're talking about the Lord's commands. But I thought they were done away with. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're talking about <laughs> the Lord's commands in Hebrew text, the Lord in Hebrew text is Yahweh. That's correct. Anytime you see, anytime you see written in Hebrew text and a trans, translation or a transliteration of it, they translate it as Adonai, mm -hmm. which means master or Lord, and then they've written Lord. Mm -hmm. But in the Hebrew text, it's yod heh vav -Heh, which is the Most High's name, which is Yahweh. So now, to read this correctly, the way that we can be sure we know Yahweh is if we are obeying his commands. And anyone who says, I know him, but isn't obeying his commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Mm. But if someone keeps doing what he says, watch this now, then 
then truly the love of Elohim has been brought to its goal in it. Wait a minute, that's a, that's, that's a total contradiction. That's see that? a total contradiction. You see that? Listen, listen. Listen, <laughs> listen, 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 listen to me. Listen, listen to me, listen. We just read in Hebrews. Chapter seven. Chapter seven, where the writer said that the Torah was ineffective Effective. and didn't bring us to the goal. But here John says, but if someone keeps doing what is good, then truly the love of El has been brought to its goal in him by keeping what? Obeying his commands, the mitzvot, the Torah. This is how we are sure that we're united with him. Who? Yeshua or with or, or with or with the most high? Mm -hmm. A person who claims to be continuing in union with him ought to conduct his life the way he did. Well, now we got a we we got a confusion here. That's right. See, because the life style of the most high and all of his prophets, they walked in perfect harmony and union with the Most High. Right. And they only said what the Most, Most High. High said. Now, I, oh, come, I gotta close. See? <laughs> he said, but I only say those things I hear my father say. Well, his father, he's his father. Yeah, he's himself. How, he's yeah. himself. I mean, he's himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm confused. Right. Right. You're, the, the, now, the, now. Your, your first deity that's schizophrenic. Now, now. The father of all things that created all things gave us Torah and said that if you will obey these mitzvot and commandments that I'm giving you, you shall live by them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, can you hear the dichotomy that's 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 written in this document? Right. One way, one place, one place, it's ineffective and doesn't bring us to the goal, and then in this other place, it brings us to, to the, the goal. goal. Right. So, which one? So, is which it? one is it? Does it or does it not? See, that's when that's when what happens here is that's when we turn on the B three, we start hooping. And we close because you can't explain. Class, <laughs> class, listeners, I'm not providing commentary. I'm providing explanation of a dichotomy that exists within the Greek text to prove to you that the teachings of the Torah are critical and important to our way of life mm -hmm. and uniting us back with our creator who has promised to redeem us out of this exile, bring us back to the land, save us, bringing us back to the land is saving us mm -hmm. and redeeming us from our oppressors where we will be his people and he will be our mighty one. That's what scripture says. Mm. That's what my husband says. Mm -hmm. And if you 
are married to a good man, wife, you only have to do what your husband says. If any other man comes telling you to do something, you don't have to listen to him. You only have to listen to your husband. The Most High is the husband to Israel. I only have to listen to what he says. I don't have to listen to any other wannabe. Well, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews in Exile. Shalom. Your love and kindness is what I need. Your grace and mercy is what I need. Reign and dwell with you is what I need. Feel your presence is what I need. Yeah. I offer you my worship. I offer you my praise. I offer you my faithfulness. I offer you my life gave touch my eyes that I may see touch my ears that I may hear touch my soul that I may heal touch my heart that I may feel I offer you my worship I offer you my praise Hey, I offer you my faithfulness I offer you my life you gave Yeah.